Hope everybody had a good, safe weekend. We're back. Jam-packed show. We'll get into a lot of things. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, and of course, the star of the show, Sammy. Sammy McKee. Leafs win a sketchy one over the Hawks on Saturday, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into a lot of things around the National Hockey League. Colby Armstrong will be joining us later on in the show. We'll get into a lot of things, including his um, his newfound fame on uh, his ads for Skip the Dishes. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, the Leafs, big hits, and uh, apparently the, sh- the sh- uh, shortage of food in the Pittsburgh area because he stuffs his face like it's his last meal. been a very useful drop. He, it's more than the cookies he's eating. Trust me, it's anything that isn't nailed down <laughs> on those uh, those social media ads. But we'll have some fun with with Colby. Eddie Oldchuck as well. We'll stop by in the second hour and we'll get a, a good look around the National Hockey League, get his leaf thoughts. But before we go any further... Um, From a COVID perspective, not exactly the safest weekend for the Calgary Flames. The National Hockey League announced today that a result of six Calgary Flame players, including the likes of Elias Lindholm, Andrew Manjapani, Chris Tanev, six in total, and a trainer, all within a 24-hour period, are now entering the NHL COVID protocol with games being postponed through Thursday, December 16th. That Thursday afternoon, I believe, is the earliest they'll even open up their practice facility. And that's not a given, Justin. Meanwhile, the New York Islanders are like, six? You're postponing it after just six? They went through like, well, they have seven, eight. They were playing on, plowing, stacking up losses. I mean, this is good. Just if I were the Islanders, I'd be like, ugh. Which means... The right decision in this instance, but the wrong decision back then for the New York Islanders. That's what it's coming down to. Yeah. there. I think there was some interest in being like, we're just going to plow ahead no matter what happens this season. And I, I think uh, we're seeing that that's probably not possible. Sharks earlier in the year, too. Had a tough ravage and they yeah, were yeah. They were pushed through, too. But I think, like you said, it's a different, you know, we're looking through this in a different prism than at that point, I guess, because things have changed, I guess, in a pretty big hurry here. Before we get into the Leafs and what we saw on the weekend... Obviously, one of those games will include uh, the schedule for the Toronto Maple Leafs prior to this announcement. Tuesday versus the Islanders. Or, I'm sorry, Tuesday versus the Oilers. Mm -hmm. Thursday was the Calgary game. Saturday, Vancouver. Sunday in Seattle to wrap up uh, for out west. Maybe maybe not a bad thing for the Leafs? Well, I don't know, to be honest with you. I I don't like... like, uh, the downtime, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I don't like the fact that you're now gonna be in a come home now a lockdown mode. So, do they come home after Edmonton and then go back out to Vancouver? That's a lot of travel, man. To me, travel is getting ready and getting on the plane. Once you're on the plane, I mean, it's you know from Edmonton to um vancouver's 45 minutes and to come back to toronto it's what two and a half hours or something i don't know three hours five hours to go out to vancouver 
uncomfortable chairs, dehydration. Uh, to me, it's it's more to travel. Yeah, than, you know what, though, Kipper? A, if, a, you, if you leave me and the boys out uh, on a road trip, <laughs> I'm getting dehydrated too. So, <laughs> a, a, a good blanket and a pillow ain't enough for me on those five hour flights. No, that's fair. I, I don't know how. I, I imagine the sleeping arrangements are okay. I was gonna say I doubt this. The you know the science, sleep science people, and the you know all the sports science people would love the Leafs flying back and they're almost certainly the staying out there, aren't they? Definitely. We we got to take the uh, the Leafs charter. Well, the Leafs are eliminated from playoffs, and I was at the Marlies, so we started. Uh, we took on the Leafs plane. There's you get on there's the sushi spread. There's mm. fruit. There's veggies. Big plush chairs it's, all around. It's not exactly boys. flair air. No, it's yeah. not flair. Yeah. <laughs> no disrespect to flair. But yeah. You want to compare that to my American Hockey League with the Hershey <laughs> Bears? It was like $6 and a coupon to go to Burger King. You ever do a sleeper bus? Like the actual sleeper bus? When I played in Reading, Pennsylvania, like it's just stacked coffins. Oh and they're like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was claustrophobic and I'd sit up front with the coaches. I was like, I'm not, I can't. You, you, Jamming myself in there. You could have given me a $2 million RV and I'm not falling asleep on some no. of those trips. You won't believe this, but I, but I took to medicating myself. A lot of people did on those buses. Like, who's got Ambien? Someone? Xanax? Yeah. Perks? What's, oh, it was a bad gosh. bus ride, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, yeah, we don't... That's not our advice on this no, show. No, <laughs> not encouraging it, but that was a uh, at the time. So where does this lead, guys? Because this is, uh, to me, this is alarming yeah. for so many reasons. Not just now what that does to the schedule moving forward, but ultimately you know where that conversation is going to lead to is what are, we, what are we doing here when it comes to the Olympics? Some, somebody really should put an end to this now. Just call it? You think it's not happening? I, I don't see how wow. the guys are going. Okay, And I believe right now, and, and we heard Gary Bettman at the Board of Governors, and what was his message? That's, I'm leaving it to the players. Yeah. So my understanding now is after the phone calls the last few days that the Players Association and the NHL have had with the WHF, the IOC... They will now gather up all the information, get exactly what the protocols are, pass them over to the players, and then ultimately recommend they don't go. Mm-hmm. And how soon could that happen? Well, it, it, it depends on where the players are mm-hmm. and how early are they willing to shut it down. Like they, the players really want to go. We heard from Elliot on the weekend. Well, the players really want to go, but they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that emotional attachment. But once you get with all the facts, which they will gather, unless anything significantly changes on on how the government over there will act in the event that they test positive, you can't risk it. So the three- to five-week quarantine is what's scaring everybody off. That seems to be item line A. Yes. And I can tell you from the calls that I've heard about the last little while, that is Mm non-negotiable when it comes to the government. Well, I wonder what that looks like in terms of enforcement. It's it's non-negotiable. If the players had some sort of belief that if, in fact... Hey, they, if in a week or two I test positive 10 times in a row. Just let me out. Just yeah. let me out. Just, you know, I can stay quarantined and travel, whether it's, you know, put me in a bubble, put me in a car that, you know, 
is sealed, whatever. Get me on a plane. Are those Elon Musk things he went to rescue the kids with? Like yes. a tube? <laughs> right? There's one entity that I don't really think, you know, discuss. You know, the Chinese government, I don't think they're going to be seem flimsy. Flexible. I don't think they're going to be exactly. <laughs> they seem open-minded. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, sure. Seems but, like but it's a hard line. But it does seem like if, you, you know, if the players don't want to go because of the quarantine restrictions, you would think the Olympics, the IOC, everyone would be like, hey, like. What, what, what can we do to, well, to yeah, get you here? Let's talk let's, here. Let's negotiate. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a could, huge part. It's the biggest ticket th- that, for the Olympics. That could happen still. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's can happen but it could happen if they get to the point where like what are we doing here maybe they want their team to win the (laughs) the gold like that's the first that'd be the best chance ever is if you made it really difficult for these guys to go over you know what i I googled the other day do you remember who won the the last olympic winter olympics yeah russia you do? The, yeah, they beat Germany well, in the final. Actually, the Olympic athletes oh, yeah. under the banner of yeah. Russia after, beat Germany. After Germany beat Canada. Yeah. Da- David Wolf had a great interview crying. It was unbelievable. I'm sorry, who was that? I know. That's the point. Nikita <laughs> <laughs> Gusev, My point MVP too. of that tourney. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's great context too. I, I really believe that uh, Gary's lining this up where he wants the players to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, oh, he has to but, have the players. But I'll door. tell you what, if push comes to shove, wouldn't surprise me at all that he he shuts it down himself. Does he have the jurisdiction leeway? What's the word I'm looking for? Is he able to <sighs> yes. do that legally? Yeah, he is. Because I thought the negotiations made it. Yeah. That was what the players negotiated for. You know, that was used he as will, leverage against him. He them will argue in the best interest of the league. I think he could shut it down. Yeah, the best interest of the league was that them not going ever. I got listen. I'm as you know, I'm not Mister you know COVID guy. I'm not the most afraid of this. I'm not you know. I, I like to, I lean more more the left of it. I guess you would say or the right of it. I don't know which way. You ain't Bruce Arthur though. Yes, correct. Okay. So what I'm saying is, I even me who I you know I'm trying to stay positive about this. There's just no way. It's just, you know, you look around Ontario these days, like you just see the numbers going up. You see the numbers going up all over the world. You're going to fly these pristine athletes across the world, have them, you know, potentially get COVID in China and the Chinese government involved. like, And, and holding on to them for uh, uh, six weeks. It's just, it's just completely a nonstop. I, I can't even believe, I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. How about this? What if it gets so bad and so clear that players don't want to go, but Gary doesn't want to be the guy to say they can't? So it's like David Wolf, Nikita Gusev, and, Con- and Connor McDavid. Gusev and Connor McDavid's going. He's like, I don't care. I'm doing it. What if a random eclectic group of people wants to do this anyway? Get a that's fa- interesting. Fascinating Olympic Games. Yeah, and that's where I think NHL ownership will turn around and say, "I've invested twelve and a half million dollars in you, yeah. and you can go. You're just if you you're gonna." You're gonna, lose your, you're gonna lose your 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 paycheck if you test positive, so it could cost you millions. And I don't think, like Connor's not dumb. No, he's not dumb. He's not gonna put himself in a position of uh, I don't care. I just really want to go to the Olympics. I don't know. It means so much to me. No, no, no. He's smarter than that. Come on. I know, but, but this as whole an thing owner, pushed forward by that. As feeling. an owner, I I don't want to jeopardize the most important asset that I have in my organization and lose him potentially for of course. four to six weeks. Of course, but so, I mean, Kipper, that's been the argument all the way along here. That's, ne- you know, it's never been best for the owners or for Gary or, 
any of these guys, I guess. But now they have more of a leg to stand on. To, to make their case You know, like the them. ownership group can be like, come on. Like they can sit them down but, and be like, but, come but, on, But the look. point is, can they do more than come on, look, right? Because the players That's, have yeah. kind of made this their baby and they're pretty attached to it. Yeah. Anyway. I just got to think at this point they, they will – they will not get the blessing from the NHL or, or their own players association after the, all the facts are gathered. It'll be a recommendation. There's no way that uh, Donald Fear tells them, but certainly the, the strong recommendation is you're you're risking a ton. What then, boys? You know, families too. So Your families and kids involved in well, American know. leaguers go kipper. I know I understand the the repercussions, but if the NHLPA is saying they can't go, and the NHL, you know, where's the line? But pros are allowed to go. Are we taking the next best players who aren't in the NHL that want to go. Yeah, I don't. The Olympics uh, is going to carry on with hockey. You need new what? Whole management team, GMs. Don't send I, a team. Well, I guess that's probably what happened. Just uh, you don't have to send. Well, a didn't team. they have a contingency plan that was like involved? What's Lulu going to do with all did, the gear? Didn't it involve Bruce Boudreaux before he got hired? Like, wasn't there another, like the Spangler Cup team? There was like a contingency plan yeah. in place. But I got to ask, what do you think? Like, you look at what's happening across the league now. Like, you know, the Flames going down. All these teams. What are the chances that you send these guys overseas traveling? Like, what are the chances someone doesn't get it? Like, it just seems so. And look, they're all mostly. I think all the guys that will be going are fully vaccinated. Like they're not going to, you know, be really sick. But it's not about that. If they get it, they get it. What are the chances they don't? It just seems very, very, very likely one of them goes and gets it. I can't answer that. I think, I think around here, I think uh, it, it's gone up ten percent within the last week mm-hmm. or oh, ten yeah, days. That, that seems so. I, I know. I know all the uh, the medical. Uh, staff involved around the players association and the nhl are really worried hmm. about where the numbers are going it's not happening you're, you're, you're so, convincing me yeah that, that's it's a huge concern right now and then and no nhl hockey either for three weeks smack in the middle of the season all right well what are we going to talk about then boys <laughs> so imagine imagine <laughs> now imagine now that the they don't go and now they've got Two weeks off. Three, right? Well, w- one would be a, yeah. a training camp to I come see, back. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But two weeks off only to race back and, and play like crazy to make sure that it ends before the summer games start. And could you imagine if one of those players who didn't go was like, yeah, now I'm going to Bora Bora or something and be like, you're going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> so. You don't think Ovechkin oh, <laughs> dancing during the All-Star game when he's he's in China have, just watching the supposed, games. He's supposed to be having a bad back. Remember that one that, that All-Star weekend in uh I think in Ottawa. He's down at uh, South, in the back South academy. Beach. Well, so you don't think there's any way guys that they would rejig the schedule? If there's they don't no go? buildings. They're all there's no availability. They scheduled concerts, other basketball, basketball teams, everything else. There's just no way you're you're going to get any buildings of significance. Ted Reeves open. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Woodbine Arena. <laughs> so I, the next question, and I, this is one that I never wanted to ask, but do you think that there's a world in Canada where we're, you know, trending towards less fans in the uh, building again? Because uh. I put out a poll today, boys, just asking, you know, about the numbers on the rise and, you know, if you still feel comfortable going to Leaf games, and we have, have almost 500 hey, votes, and it's pretty even. Is, sorry to interrupt, but oh, is there anything on the Raptor game being canceled tonight? 
not tonight, but their the game against Chicago on Thursday is canceled because of the. Do so the Raptors play tonight? They do. They play tonight at Scotiabank Arena against uh, the Sacramento Kings. Are you sure that that game is still on? It is. Okay. Yep. You All right. Think it may not be at some point. Well, I I just think maybe not, not from a government point of view, but maybe from an NBA um, because there there has been. Um, Stuff going Stuff on. Stuff going on there, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but they're still playing tonight. So okay, there you go. But yeah, so now the Flames out, the Bulls not playing. Um, you know, some noise about potentially no or less fans, limiting fans in buildings again. Do you want to talk about that now? Like, I mean, is there an appetite for that, Kipper? There would be, I think, in Ontario. I mean, I, I, I honestly, just, I can't. I don't know if I can go back I, to watch I, hockey I, like that. I, <laughs> there's not a chance in places like Florida that. That's it's, true. It's getting shut down. I guess if there's going to be a fan restriction, it's only going to be here. It's not going to be not happening in Texas, not happening in anywhere but here. And yeah. you are you are messing already with a, a challenge for Gary Bentman and the Players Association to um, earn back the $700 million the players are in debt to. Yeah, didn't they just proclaim their revenues for the year and now they're going to pull fans out of buildings? That can't be... Uh, yeah. I, so, like I said, they're... Uh, the poll here, almost 500 votes. 55% of people say they still feel comfortable. Almost 45% of people say they don't feel comfortable. So that's a pretty, that's a, I mean, that's closer than I was expecting, to be As honest. context for the struggles and attendance here in Toronto, you know, like there's, like that percentage of the people have concerns about going to the game still. Yep. Were you there on the weekend against I, Chicago? I was, uh, no, I wasn't there. I was on Friday night against, for the Raptors versus the Knicks. Full building. Great time. What a night. Just, Raptors games. Just coughing into your neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, we got to get tested, get in the buildings. I'm, I'm, I'm safe, boys. I'm safe. Yeah. That's well, fun. I'm not sure if the Leafs are, could use a day off this week or would rather, like, it's, it's a game that you're going to have to make up. It's a game that you're going to have to travel. Yeah. You're going to have to, I guess. The, the good thing is, Kipper, they've played as many hockey games as anyone in the NHL right now. I think one team is 30. They play 29 times. Like, they're, they, if they're going to miss a game at this point of the season, I think they can weather it. You don't want to be the Bruins missing games right now or something. Okay. Let's get into what we saw on the weekend. Oh, the and uh, Yeah. Looked like one of those games where a convincing win, but anything but blowing a 4-1 lead. So, again, do you ch- chalk this up to what you saw Earlier in the week with uh, the, the, the late goals to make uh, Columbus closer than it looked? Mm-hmm. Or do you have some bigger concerns here? Because in the big picture, I just saw a team that, despite being shorthanded, it looked to me like they were missing the, the, the killer instinct to put a team away. Oh, that hasn't bit them before, Killer Instinct. <laughs> uh, Kipper, I, I could not agree more, but the thing that you talked about earlier in the season is exactly what it is. That where's the, why, do, why are we talking about the high guy still? Like, there's the, the, when the D pinched down the walls, which is a part of the system they play in the offensive zone, aggressive with their D down the walls, half the time they don't have anyone covering to back them up and no communication with the D. Another thing the Leafs D like to do is the early takes, which is the weak side weak side D coming across the ice to take a puck carrier with the strong side D folding underneath. The communication there is weak. The communication with the high guy is weak. They're just not playing 
their system. Sheldon Keefe had some commentary on on how they've looked. Uh, not the too many freebies one, Derek, the the other uh, Keefe clip. Thank you. I just don't like how we didn't adapt. I thought especially our, our top lines, our better players, they're still trying to make plays in there that aren't available. Uh, I don't like that. But in terms of the chances against, I think it's a little more, we're just, we're just out of sync again. You know, here we're our defense going down on the walls and our forwards reloading me and above. Like we're just, we're not making good reads in, there, in, those, in those plays. And then time is pucks from behind us. We get defenseman beat. You know, you look at the, the third goal. You know, Rubens is beat, but he's recovering, and then Hall comes over to try to double up and help out his partner, and that exposes the middle. Just little little things like that. Those are fundamental plays that we're just we're out of sync right now and not getting right. And Rubens' cube there took the biggest hit, right, uh, out of the lineup right now. And uh, who'd they call up? Uh, yep, Carl Dahlstrom. I didn't there remember you go. that. Yeah. You're up, Carl. <laughs> They, I was on the morning show today, and they were like, $100, what's his first name? I was like, ah. God. I did get it, though. <laughs> it, it, okay, no Marner. Uh, now, Sandin is a bigger factor than we imagined, but there is no room for guys getting hurt now of significance because there, is, there isn't the depth that you would prefer for a team supposed to challenge for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just so exposed right now. That blue line is so exposed. Which, it makes it so hard when we talk about, you know, they when they had 7D, when everyone was healthy and guys were subbing in with Dermott and Lilligren, and they're talking about trading a guy, or we're hearing they're talking about trading a guy, it was like, man, like, you need seven at least. You probably need eight, so... You know, I don't like any of the guys. I like Ruben's best of the available guys. Uh, Dahlstrom's played 62, 65 NHL games, something like that. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to establish himself as a permanent option. Alex Biega's been around as a, you know, kind of fail-safe veteran guy. Uh, Joey Duzak scores some goals. You know, they need a guy. They need a guy or two guys. And a uh, little bit of news that at least practice that uh, Dermot is there with not wearing a non-contact jersey. So he's back in a normal jersey, so maybe he's nearing a return to the lineup potentially tomorrow night. But Cool. Um, yeah, I Ruben's got benched uh, right after the... Overwhelmed the was Keith's word. Yeah, right? and I think that he said, I, I kind of wanted to protect him. And I think that's fair. He just wasn't having a good game, and he just kind of was like, you know what, we're going to go with the veteran guys. And I thought that was... But, you know... They got outplayed for long stretches of that game at five on five. Like the power play was click, and obviously they went two for uh, two for two, two for three on the power play. They really looked good on the power play again. Mm-hmm. But man, at five on five against a team like that, that we were saying was you know a second division team in our text group, generously. I know, I know it's like kind of not necessarily dog days yet, but like you shouldn't have these massive lapses. They did it against Columbus. They did it against. How do you get rid of that? Uh, that game would have been uh, that game, Sammy. Would have been better served if they lost. For sure. That's why okay. uh, you that, saw Kyle Dubas rolling his eyes when they got the the goal to win. He was like, we didn't deserve that. And come on, Flurry plays, you lose. Oh, Lankinen was. All day long. Lank, Lankinen was embarrassing. Why did they play? Why didn't they play Flurry? I don't understand. Like that Tavares goal on the power play where he shot it through him? Yeah. Like, come on, that's not, not the big league. Chicago. That, I know Lankinen's you're, been You're good trying for to them, get but. it back into it. You're. You're, it's hockey night in Canada, Saturday night. Like, play flurry for God's sake. Did they have two nights off after the Habs or one night off after the Habs? Just one. 
So maybe they maybe they partied a little bit. Maybe they wanted to give him a night off after his 500th. But you oh know. yeah, they got so much to party about, eh? The Chicago. Well, Black I don't know. <laughs> I I have no other explanation why you wouldn't play your premier goalie against the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada, other than the fact maybe that they, they drank they, too they much. Maybe they probably saw Mrazek going in, and they were like, you know, that's probably it, right? They're like, all right, we they're going with their backup. We so, can get Lincoln in a game here. So that's a great little segue there, Morning. It's almost like you tried to do that. But uh, do you want to talk about the goaltending, or yes, do you yes. want to talk about? Is, is there a worse game to have had handed Peter Mrazek? than that one like hey welcome back here's johnny taves from the forward tees on the first rush of the game <laughs> and then they must have given up 20 high danger shots they did and he battled though he did battle he, he was actually not bad he actually you know he, a couple maybe you don't love but i thought he was pretty good well it's what sheldon said the, the quality chance is still and when when they went 15 and 2 did we give enough credit to how great their goaltending was during that run tried but i don't know if we could do it justice like you said vesna it, it covered up a ton he's been an 891 over the last four games jack campbell and all of a sudden they looked weaker right you lose to minnesota the columbus game is weak lose to winnipeg i, I thought i thought mrazic did everything he he should have done and that is first and foremost convince people that hopefully this groin issue I was say, that's first and foremost is is behind you Although it's going to take a heck of a lot more than in one game, <laughs> maybe maybe the rest there, there of the season. So many, there were so many chances, though. I, you I got no wiggle yeah. room, pal. Yeah, no. For one more of those, one I, more uh, oopsie. And I watched the game uh, on Saturday night with our uh, good friend of the show, JD Bunkus, and uh, we were talking about how uh, Mrazek has now taken over the crown of. Oh my God! I hope he gets up uh, from Andre Kasha. I still, Kasha still has a semi. There's a couple times in that game, like the one save he made when he stretched to, I forget who it was, but it was along the goal line and he stretched right out and he got the pad on it. And I was like, he kind of was one second before he got up. I'm like, oh, that's it. it Oh, it's gone again. (laughs) But I will say, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels happy that it's someone other than Jack making big saves at least like they desperately need this we talked about what jack campbell looked like against the, the the lightning thought he looked a little bit tired didn't think he had as much pop you know there's a potential you could i doubt they would do it but you could start Mrazic on tuesday they'll start campbell but you could start Mrazic on tuesday and you could go almost a week and a half between starts for jack campbell getting him fresh again i don't hate that actually but they, they won't the, it's not, it's a marquee matchup a ch- exactly they yeah, won't no, do it no i know they won't a chance that you're looking it's just a at chance. Connor McDavid in the eye without Jack Campbell. No, you're right. No, I, no, there's no chance. But I have to ask you guys about Mrazic's style. Does he give you guys extreme anxiety between the pipes, the way he tends the goal? He is flying all over the place. It's like he drank 10 Red Bulls and some coffee or, you know. He's got some, some personality in there. He's flying around. I can't say I love the style. I really, I, it's, it's, it's very. Yeah, it's anything but rocking chair. Yeah. Well, I think for, we all got used to Freddie Anderson here, who was, you know, I think recliner for him, Kepper, one of those uh, baby glider recliners, <laughs> just cruising in that. Uh, yeah, not so much from Peter Mrazek, but nice to see him get one under his belt, get a win, made a lot of big saves. Just uh, staying on the blue line. Yeah, we haven't done that justice well, yet. Just Hull mm. and Muzzin continue to add, I think, sleepless nights to Kyle Dubas because this is your shutdown pair that look anything but. And I I don't, like, whether it's gap control, 
whether it's making a, a good first pass with authority, it just seems to be lost for these two guys. Both of them, right? Like, yeah. I know everyone in my Twitter feed and everything is Justin Hall, Justin Hall, Jake Muzzin's struggling. But like I've said to you guys before, and what I see, I mean, Muzzin hasn't been good, but I think a lot of the blame has to fall on Hall. I for really sure do. I, sure I think I, there's parts of me that feels that Muzzin's kind of carrying him around a little bit and he's trying to do too much. And as soon as they put Lilligren with him, he looked 10 times better to me. So I, I don't I don't think he's been great, and I think that has a lot to do with what Hall's been like this year. Like, the stretch of games where they were good last year, Muzzin was the best he'd ever been on the Leafs. You know, like, he, there was a long stretch last year where he was their best defenseman. And now that he's taken, you know, a little step back, you could say a big step if you want, uh, but he's definitely taken a step back this year. I don't think there's any coincidence that that's what's happened with Hall, that the step has really hurt him as well. Confidence, too. That's, that's what I, that's what that's I, what I, I with Hall, the, the one thing, and he's a big guy, and we've seen at times he's capable. Uh, there was a, a stretch last season when he went into Edmonton and Connor, I think, ended up with no points. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Justin Hall's come into his own here. Oh, he looked like an octopus. He's rangy with that long stick and disrupting the puck. And, Scoring you know, slappers against Carey Price. Uh, it's never happening. But he I mean, did. No, he did, I know. But it's like, that. you're never was, like, that's a part of his game. But no, but he was kind of like this sneaky, not called hero, but like guys, you know, like people that, it's like a test if you watch the Leafs. Like, how good is Justin Hall? Yeah. How important is Justin Hall to the Leafs? And this year's just flipped immediately. And every, tw- like, I mean, you see the tweet from the I forget, uh, altar here about them going back and putting Dermot back in. Three replies being like, Hall out, please. Hall out, please. Like, he has drawn the ire. The Did defenseman whipping that. boy Leafs Nation ire. And, I mean, you don't think he sees that? You don't think he knows that? Like, God, it's got to be hard to get back on the confidence. The other thing that has run through my mind is with, with Jake Muzzin is – the, the effect of separating Mitch Marner's shoulder and mm. having it caught on video where Mitch is not too happy with you. I, I just wonder if that's affected him yeah, fair question. at all. Fair question. I mean, he wasn't awesome before it, but you're right. He's been bad since. <laughs> like, like I, I tell you what, like, you know. Doesn't feel good, I'm sure. I, I, I've had a thousand practices in the NHL. Never has a defenseman stepped up on me and and taken a good chunk yeah. out of me. So is that do you know do you know like because there, there's no video of what happened, but you know what happened. They they hit each other. Yeah. Okay. On a on a play where he's reaching for a puck, I he, he stepped into him, got yeah. a piece of him. I I don't I I can't sit here and I I don't definitively tell you that uh, he meant to hit him or he wanted to hit him or mm. he he was just trying to gap control him as any other drill, but... You've never taken intentional contact, which it sounds and, and like... I, I don't know what was running through his mind. I've not talked to either player. Mm-hmm. But people are... that That's a question. Is like, you know, is, does, did that bother him to the point where, you know... It's it's played with him a little bit. Yeah, maybe. You know, another part of that, too, with Justin Hall is like, you know, if Muzzin has not been, if he doesn't have the confidence in Muzzin that he's had in the past to take care of his job, you know, is he suddenly doing th- trying to do a little bit too much? And that's that's a lot of what I see is the trying to do too much 
you know, trying to make a play. He's in, he's in the right areas a lot, but like on the third goal, you know, Sheldon talked about it in that clip, you know, Rubens kind of gets beat the guys, you know, rushing, but Rubens is okay. He's going to recover and make a play and hall instead of just being confident, patient, you know, letting his guy take his spot rushes across the ice, abandons the front of the net. And it's just that trying to do too much, trying to help a teammate out with that confidence becomes like a stillness, like just stay, do your job. And I, he doesn't seem to have the confidence. His guy's going to do his job. The the pair is a mess. It's a mess when they split them up. Uh, boy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see an easy fix here without a trade. No problems on the power play, though, JB. No. Sure shoot that in the net a lot. I don't know. I, I, I if, if Team's not figured it out. Like, well, I think. Do not take stupid penalties to, uh, against this team. They, they will. They will burn you. They're number two. Uh, one one percentage point behind the Edmonton Oilers. Thirty percent, I think, for the and Edmonton's 31. cool down for sure. They're going right? in the wrong direction. At least well, maybe catching them at the right the that, right time. That's a direction that only had one way down. That's how hot yeah. Edmonton's was, and Toronto's will cool down again. But as of going into this week, just it's it's simple. Don't take any stupid penalties against them. And I think, I mean, it's been very. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but they were pretty good on the power play before Marner went out, right? Like he, you know, they weren't like exactly scuffling. I think they're a top five in the league. But since he's gone out, they've been like kind of historically good here. They score every game on the power play. And I don't know, I don't think, listen, I don't think Marner makes them worse on the power play. Maybe he does. I don't know if your thoughts on that are, Barney. I remember your one of your early takes is that he should be on maybe PP2. But... I just think there's a way less predictable sort of thing that they do now on the power play when he's not in there. I well, just think because he's the focal point. He is when he when he's out there, but I mean that's because he's so good and the puck's always on his stick and it's kind of the focal point and mm. teams kind of know what's coming when he's not there. He got caution now. Who's the right hand shot doing different things? I I just think it looks a lot less predictable you, without him. You, you make an excellent point, and the one thing. If I got any knocks against Mitch Marner is that he he needs to develop more of a threat, a shooting threat yeah. on the power play. But we've talked about that since year one, and it's just never necessarily happened. And he's still interesting ch- point about the look. I never really considered that because like it does look, you know, he runs the he's the, the quarterback from the flank essentially yes. when he has it. Like Kasha to me doesn't do anything special. Like you know, he, well, he's he, just he, a different look. He stands on. near the net and he whacks away at it. If, right. right, he gets puck back well. If you're below the hash marks or even below the goal line you want mitch marner handling the puck not kasha no 100 percent. so but i do think yeah maybe kasha's like because the other guys can handle it and can shoot it you know is he that element i don't know to me you know and you made this point kipper um you know that sometimes it just puck luck is just goes in like that Tavares goal is a great example he shoots it shoots it through lankanen's logo and and even and even the the matthews one that kasha tried to center across to Tavares goes right off his pad right onto matthew's stick like on top of the blue paint with no goalie where was this last year when the leafs power play was they couldn't get a couple of those through listen listen there were moments this year like let's not pretend that the start of the year didn't happen. There was moments this year where it was looking a lot like last year, mm-hmm. and I think there's probably some carryover in terms of confidence, in terms of how we're feeling on the power play, and you know 
I guess a couple go in for them and they start to, to feel good. But like there was some, remember that five on three versus Tampa, that one game where like. You have the weirdest hockey memory and it's the best thing yeah. for our show in the well, world. Well, they had the five on three <laughs> versus Tampa. Oh, yeah. I actually do kind of remember yeah, that. Yeah, where it was in the first, it was at the end of the first period. They barely got a shot. You guys remember that? I mean, I kind of do. I, I don't know what I had for breakfast <laughs> this morning. Seriously. <laughs> But McKee does that. He'll be like, yeah, you remember that second play against the Wild in the third period? Like, I, no, I don't, Sam. <laughs> but no, like their power play is really great, right? Their, their special teams are really good. Their special teams, I think their, their, their penalty kill has taken a step back since Marner's gone out because I think he's probably their best penalty killer. But their special teams are still really good, and that's been a big difference between this year and last and will be a big difference if they can keep that going in the playoffs. They miss Marner on the kill in a big, big time. way. They miss him oh, everywhere else. Listen. Five on five. They miss him everywhere yeah, except no, the power play. True. It's been yeah. ugly. Five on five, too. And, and, and he covers up so much. I don't know if he get, still gets the credit for coming back and covering up a lot of a few mistakes. Mm-hmm. For keeping a defensively responsible. Uh, 100%. And, and when he's not there, you see the freebies. Actually, we have a clip of that. Do you want to play the Sheldon Keefe one on that, uh, Eric? He's got a, a yeah, comment. It's, it's the same story that it's been here. You know, it's just <clears throat> too many chances against. Too many free beats, too many guys in behind us. Same issues that you know, were hurting us when we weren't winning games early in the season. Uh, the fact that we won tonight is a good thing. Obviously, we got a little, little bit of a fortunate bounce there, but to maybe win the game on special teams and goaltending, and we get outplayed pretty badly at five on five. Wow. See, that that's concerning to me. That Sounds is. like last year. That's, I don't like – I'm an owner of a team. I'm the president. I'm the general manager. I don't want to hear a coach say – same story, same issues. That, to me, well, is a concern. Do you remember the Amazon Prime series? Of course you do, where the theme of that was same story, same issues, right? That, that was the theme is like, how do we get this thing out of our game that's still there? You know, to me, when it stays the same like that, that's a core player thing, you know, yeah. by and large. But I think also, you know, same story, same issues, probably talking about Columbus game too, where similar things happened where they're playing a lesser team and, you know, that that's what happened. So I think he could be talking to Dubas there too. Yeah. You know? Montreal was a lesser team too, right? Well. In that first round. Yeah, thanks, Gib. <laughs> Wait, don't, don't you think that he probably, that's a little message to the, the general manager too, being oh, the yeah, same they, story? They, they fire at each other all the time. I love that stuff. So, and I just quickly go back to Martin. I wanted to put, you know, they've beaten two teams without him. What are they, two, 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 three, or two, two, and one without him? And the two teams they beat, was Columbus barely where they stopped playing, gave up three goals in the third period to make it close, and then they barely beat the Chicago Blackhawks without him. Make the, no they, bones about it. They cannot afford to have one of their four core players out. And Mars the, in the first round, Marner now. No, can't. like and you know, they lose to a good team in, in Minnesota. They played a good game. They get smoked by Winnipeg and they lose to Tampa and it was a pretty, pretty surgical game. So I don't think there's any debate. Listen, I'm not the hugest Marner guy, but I don't think there's any debate that he is extremely important to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there was nothing to suggest that the the hockey gods owed the Leafs and David Kampf anything Saturday night. No, <laughs> sometimes you get a dumb bounce and you don't hey, deserve. That took some finishing, boys. Well, to, to be clear, the Kampf put away was a one-timer backhand on a rolling pop. It was well well buried, but... Uh, I, you know... Yeah. yeah. I... I I want hockey gods in April, not <laughs> December 11th. You're just moving from month to month. It's November. It's December. <laughs> Hopefully we're saying that kind of stuff in April. Uh, anything else uh, glaring for you Saturday night? I mean, 
the D. All I'm obsessed yeah, with the D. That's, I know. That's where my my brain goes to over and over. Mitch, uh, Morgan Riley's excellent. How about that? There's a really nice thing about the D. I love Morgan Riley. I uh, don't think TJ Brody's had his best couple games in a row here. Would no. be an observation that I would make as well. Like the fourth line, even though they were on for two. Yeah, I, I like uh, Ingvall, Steves, and Clifford. Uh, they're trying to find a little space for Clifford. Eh? Clifford got some PK time. Yeah. And now, uh, according to uh, at least practice today, all the news tr- trickling in, McKayev back in a white jersey again oh. today. So maybe he's looking to return. And I think he'd be a good little fit alongside uh, Engvall and uh, Clifford, as opposed to Steve's. It's a fun third or fourth line. Uh, Gary Bettman still has to rule, I guess, on Spezza. But, oh, has he uh, not already? I oh, thought he'd be done by now. Um, <laughs> does, <laughs> the, the, did the cancellation of the Calgary game buy him oh, extra point. time for one game possibly <laughs> to be knocked off? Or Yeah. I'm not a I think Gary's got a few more bigger fish to fry than old Jason Spezza's <laughs> suspension. Yes, no? you, don't think, you don't think he's dropped everything to, <laughs> yeah, to, to, oh, to rule Just the on Olympics, the Coyotes, you know, there's Spezza nothing going hearing. on. Nothing going on. Nothing at all. Yeah. All right. Tubular bells going on over there. What am I hearing? Uh, Kipper's phone's doing stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a pizza <laughs> delivery coming to the studio. Here. No, no, no. We got we got the food expert coming up uh, after the break. Colby <laughs> yes. Armstrong. I wonder if he likes corn and feta on his pizza like <laughs> we'll Kipper does. Hey. Oh, my God. Good no, pie. no, no pie. one's going to want to skip this segment coming up after the break Nicely with done. Colby Armstrong. A look around the NHL. He'd get his leap thoughts. Mr. And Colby. Yep. Our, our food expert coming up after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Penguins tickets on December 29th is goal. Welcome back to Real Kipper and Born. We are awaiting the great Colby Armstrong, who uh, I believe has some remarkable deal going on. Kipper, what's what do you got for us today? Oh, Colby, you know he's into everything. Uh, he is. And the latest ones, a lot of fun. We'll get into that. We got to find him first. Pittsburgh, Vegas, Sammy. Sammy can't find him. Was it you that told me he was in Vegas earlier this week? or Sammy's. Last week he was in Vegas, yeah. W- what was he doing there? Some promo stuff for Sportsnet. Oh, my God. He is promo man galore right now. That's the dream, really. Be Shaquille O'Neal and just hawk and everything. What are you guys selling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put my name and face on that. Send me 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what Shaq charges, 20 bucks, eh? Yeah. yeah. The key for him now is not to end up, like, as big as Shaq. <laughs> Colby, what's going on? Vegas, Pittsburgh. Where do we find you today? Vegas, baby. No, I'm back in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. Uh, gambling or, uh, you know, cutting commercials. What do you got going? Yeah, I was cutting commercials. I didn't do very much of anything while I was there. And I mean, you guys know how hard it is. I know it's like doesn't seem like really like work when you're going to Vegas to do fun stuff like I was able to do with Cabby, but uh, I was exhausted at the end of some of the days there. But so it's, it was, uh, uh, it's exhausting to have personality, isn't it? <laughs> it has yeah. to be. Yeah. It's a lot of work, man. It's mentally tiring. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was, I was, uh, I was tapped out from uh, 
putting a surge on, you know, a surge in the personality. Pretty good in Vegas, obviously. It brings it out of you. We got to do some really cool stuff there, though. Earlier uh, in the show, we were talking about the the, the concerns. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the hockey stuff, but, uh, you know, your thoughts overall about where we're heading here, the numbers, uh, the news of Calgary, six players, including a yeah. trainer, uh, right back into COVID protocol. Their game's getting canceled this week. Uh factor in the conversation leading towards the Olympics. What do you make out of all of this? Yeah, I thought, you know, obviously Saturday night was pretty interesting with the boys, uh, with the headlines and the uh, Merrick and, uh, and Elliot with news from the Olympics and, and, and what could happen and three to five weeks quarantining. If anything goes wrong, you see how, you know, we haven't able, been able to, um, you know, stop this thing or stop guys from getting it. NBA's now, um, getting, I think, Chicago Bulls. Uh, it's running through their team pretty good. They're having their first kind of outbreak in their league as well. So um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you stop it, obviously. We, we've got boosters. We've got vaccines. And I don't know if it's worth it for these guys to be put in that situation to have to do that. I, You know, you want to play for gold, right, guys? Like, we want to see it. It's going to be, a, you know, it'd be the ultimate. But they're going to be in a bubble. It's going to be totally different. It's going to be, you know, lockdown Olympics and... You know, I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm a player. I don't know if I'd want to be put through that. Yeah, it's that, that's going to be fascinating to watch. The other concern we have, Colby, you talked a little bit about the potential for no fans or less less fans in buildings yeah. again, at least here in Canada. Like, I don't know about you, man, but watching those sucks. games, that's a challenge, huh? It sucks. Yeah. I mean, what a difference, right, when we... You know, you flip over to a play. You know, the any you know the teams down south here in Florida, where they were the first ones to really get it going, and you know the rest of the teams are limited capacity, but still just a little bit of energy in the rink. It was just such a difference in watching the playoffs and watching, you know, teams going through that with with some fans in the stands comparatively to to nothing in the Canadian division. So it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It's not the same. It's not the same. And is that they're going to do that at the Olympics too? It's not going to be the same. It's not going to have that same feel that I think, you know, we as fans want, right? We we want that. I know it's different times you can't get what you want right now, but it's it's still it's not ideal for sure. And it didn't really peak a whole lot of uh excitement um for me as a viewer and a fan in watching a lot of those games. The Leafs are, are scheduled to to head out west. Uh what we thought were um, you know were gonna be pretty interesting games. The one against Calgary gets uh gets canceled, but just your thoughts about the Toronto Maple Leafs and where they're at it. You would have thought maybe a week ago, 10 days ago, Toronto versus Edmonton, two teams destined to, to look like uh, powerhouses in this game, but anything, but both of them kind of come in limping a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. The Oilers, what have they lost four or five in a row now? And, uh, you know, up and down from, from the Leafs lately. Uh, but yeah, both of them came out of, you know, the last few weeks prior to that, 10 days ago, Kipper, I think you said was, uh, you know, unbelievable where both these teams were at and being like powerhouse, scary status in the league. And, you know, with some of the hiccups, I think with the Leafs, especially through the early starts of the season and, um, you know, trying to find their game and, you know, depth guys underperforming, whether it's new guys and Richie and others and, um, what's going to happen uh, to Jack Campbell's stellar play? Um, the Oilers' power play and McDavid and, and Dreisaitl should be easy to win any game when you roll those guys out. And here they found themselves into some trouble. So, yeah, it's been it's been interesting the ups and downs. And 
uh, swings throughout the season. And I just think, you know, you've got to limit those, those downs, right? You've got to limit, you know, those runs of, of, of losses and without collecting a point, at least if you, you have an off night. So, um, yeah, I think they're both still strong teams. I think they're, you know, obviously both capable. And I know Leaf fans were probably planning the parade 10 days ago as they were ripping everyone apart and, and ripping it up and lighting it up and goals, 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 and, and Campbell save, save, saves. But uh, you can see what the grind of the season is and, and the ups and downs and trying to limit that. For sure. You know, one team that has limited uh, any sort of leakage lately is the Penguins there in Pittsburgh. Uh, four straight wins for them. Man, they, they're kind of, they found their game a little bit. I was pretty impressed watching Evan Rodriguez lately playing with Crosby and oh, yeah. Kapanen. Like, what, uh, what have they found? Suddenly they look like a team that, you know, may not be, might be a buyer come deadline here rather than the opposite. Yeah, I know. And it's been, it's been amazing, right? You start the season without Malkin and Crosby and how are you going to get this done? And sure enough, Jeff Carter, who's kind of the old man on the block here with the Penguins steps in and is, it comes up big. They lose Gensel the other day, Kapanen steps in and his start of his season here hasn't been that great at all. And there's been pressure on him obviously um, to provide offense and it hasn't been there, but he gets you know up with Crosby and scores. And uh, <laughs> you mentioned Rodriguez and all these depth guys in the McGinn Bluger, uh, Aston Reese line on that third line checking line has started to produce as well. And, um, you know, I describe them, I describe them like, they're like, uh, like mosquitoes, you know, we know that up in Canada, you're sitting around the lake and they just swarm at you. They just keep, you keep slapping your legs and there's more there. And that's kind of been the recipe with this game. And it doesn't matter who's in the lineup. It's, it's been pretty remarkable how resilient they've been and able, even though, you know, maybe not playing so well, maybe Jari had to stand on his head. Um, but, uh, you know, ability to collect points, even when it's been really, really difficult for them. And, and now they're stringing wins together and they're, you know, tough to play against. They're a frustrating team to play against with their, with their speed and swarming ability uh, and ability with depth scoring. And they've got such a versatile lineup, guys. I think that's like a major key for them. And Danton Heinen's another guy that they added that's, you know, been up and down the lineup and left wing, right wing. He's been all over the place. So um, they've gotten a lot out of a lot of guys. Uh, you know, with, with key guys missing for extended periods of time. I, I, I can't wait till they get Gino back. Like that'll be the, that'll be the big deal breaker. I think you talk about sellers and buyers. I think you get Gino back and see the way this team looks. Um, and I think, you know, with expiring contracts as it is, I think he'll be, you know, what he looks like, where his, where he's at percentage wise, I guess. And looking at Malkin's game will be, you know, pretty big for the Penguins uh, heading into the second half of the season. And Colbs with 15 games under Sid, Sid's belt. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on, uh, on his game? Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was challenging for him early when he first came back and obviously he played one game and then got COVID and, you know, spent time in protocol before getting out of there. And, and he just, he didn't seem to have the same jump and he was kind of on the outside and he looked frustrated. Like it wasn't working for him. He looked a little bit rusty and, um, you know, he looked human. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been interesting watching him now though. He's beating guys out of the corners. He's, he's rolling off checks and jumping by guys. He's creating, he's making things happen. And he's got those, you know, quick decisions, quick plays, quick hand skills. Uh, and he's got the legs now and timing to go with it. So as Gensel drops out of lineup with an injury the other day, it's too bad because he was absolutely on fire, but you know, Sid's on a seven game point streaks now. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's building and building every game and he's kind of, you know, a blessing that, you know, yeah, you got, 
Crosby in the lineup coming off of everything he's come off of and, and just starting to hit his stride now. So I guess that's the one positive thing that he he's rolling pretty good right now. Colbs, I worked that Friday game where they played the Capitals and I watched your interview. Yeah. I don't know if anyone seen it. We've played it a couple times, Ovechkin and Crosby, which you opened by <laughs> saying, just a shame the three of us never got to play together. And Ovi's like, yeah, <laughs> like literally no response from the guy. What was your take on no, on their relationship? Like you did your best to draw what you could out of the two of them who seemed to be competitive even within the interview. What are your thoughts on their relationship in that interview? Yeah, it was interesting that interview, right? And and, and having them I they both said they hadn't sat down, you know, together for something like that since their rookie season and mm. doing any kind of interview. So it's interesting now seeing them both sit there and obviously Obi with a full head of grays, right? Bordy and you know, Sid yeah. Sid's got something going now too. They're two elder statesmen superstars. You know in the what they'll call better than his rookie been... hair, which is like matchbox twenty plus grease or whatever it was. It was a <laughs> it was an improvement to Gray. <laughs> absolutely yeah he's got the silver fox going so um yeah and you know what it was I, I could sense it was like a you know a little bit of it was a little bit awkward I I would say I never met I've never met Ovechkin either like just played against him and uh, myself personally and uh so it was it was it was interesting to see the dynamic of their of them together and obviously I think Sid had an advantage right like he knows me fairly well and he's sitting across from me and you know I could see his eyes like looking at me like oh god don't be what are you gonna ask here like he had no clue but uh yeah it was it was interesting for, to hear them talk about um you know their games against each other and you know I think you could you could tell there's a mutual respect for each other's careers thus far and, and the rivalry that they've had and the understanding of, you know, the, the rivalry and, and, you know, when they go head to head, it brings the best out of both of them. I think, you know, that's, that's obvious in, in talking to them, but it was like, I, I kind of felt like Ovi was maybe, maybe because it was just me. He didn't know me either. And, you know, around Sid, he seemed like tighter than I thought he was going to be just because I, I like really admire his personality. Like he's right. a fun, real fun guy. Um, but it was like, it seemed a little bit stiff in the whole situation, but maybe it's because I was wearing a mask, you know, maybe that's what it no, was. No, it's because you didn't have a bottle of vodka and a fountain, a water fountain <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> then you would have seen Ovi light it that's right up. I wanted to get him for an interview, Kippy. I wanted to get him fresh out of the fountain. That would have been highlight real stuff. <laughs> one one place that Ovi's got Sid on uh, throughout his career is uh, big hits. And Colby, we've oh. seen... A few in the last couple of weeks, man. Um, yeah. Just your over th- overall thoughts on on the big hits that we've seen so far. Is this simply some guys relaxing, maybe a little bit, uh, yeah. getting caught with their head down? The fact that we haven't seen the big hits in quite a while. Uh, yeah, like, that's my thought, Kipper. Is the same as yours. I think guys just aren't expecting it, just because. You know, it's it's the NHL. It's the no hit league. There's not as much physical physicality as you know in years past, and that's just a fact. It's a fast skating game. You you, you know you slow down from hitting. You want to keep your speed, and that's kind of the general thought. And I, I mean, these have been some massive open ice hits, and it's been you know totally and you could say unsuspecting, but it's it's unprepared to get hit. Like they're just not even thinking they're going to get hit in these situations. So you know, it's crazy seeing. McKinnon just walking into a situation, like literally stepping right into Truba. Um, you know, same with the other hit on Jujar Kara, um, where he was hurt pretty badly on that one. And then last night with Lomberg, with his hit just coming straight down the wall. I mean, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with those hits at all. They're, they're physical open ice plays, but on the, on the receiving end, guys just, 
being unprepared or, or unready or un, un, they're not expecting to be hit just because I think there's a lack of hitting. And here we are in the middle of December and things are starting to ramp up a little bit. And, um, you know, it's maybe guys just need to be a little bit more prepared in certain situations, whereas before it was, it was okay, a little swing and a stick check. Is there any players around the league that you think do it exceptionally well? I just thought, you know, I within a couple of days I saw Matt Dumba crush Engvall and then caught someone else in the in the tracks the next yeah, night. He's yeah. real good, eh? Yeah, I think there's guys you have to be aware of. I, I yeah, for sure Dumba like he's he's had a, you know, a history of definitely being able to lay lay the smack down on guys. So you know, you got to know who you're on the ice with. And, and Truba is like a highlight reel right now with hits. I don't know what got into him, but he's just decided to step into guys and he's just crushing guys right now. So, um, yeah, I think there's an art to it, especially open ice hits. Like, guys, you know how dangerous it is and how much it's on the hitter to have the perfect timing and, you know, for these hits to work out perfectly and not get suspended or penalized uh, is, you know, you know, a degree of, you know, your angle one degree off and it's you know more head contact than full body and you know one degree off where a guy's leaning forward or you know it's deemed you know the, it, it could go either way so it's a little bit I think scary for the hitters nowadays with the rules just because uh, but nonetheless I think it's I think it's great I, I love seeing the physicality in hockey I love seeing those big booming hits and um, you know, I think just guys need to be a little bit more aware, obviously, that, you know, the stakes are getting a little higher here as we head into, you know, the second half of the first part of the season. And, um, you know, are we, are we going to see the physicality pick up now? It's, it's been, it's been great every night almost. And then tonight we got nothing. We got nothing tonight. No, Unbelievable. Hockey? I don't even know that. You know, the, the thing that stands out the most for me is what this does for even a guy like Jacob Truba. Like when you think about, yeah, oh, man. Colby, can you imagine now going to play against the New York Rangers? It's like your first thought isn't, uh, you know, watch that Zibanejad, you know, he's pretty shifty or, uh, you know, Panarin, (laughs) you know, it can burn you on the outside. It's like, keep your head up against Truba, man. You're going to lose it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's great for the Rangers, right? Like, I think that that adds like a different element of presence to their lineup. And I think Truba's all, you know, he's a big guy. He moves good. He can contribute in a lot of different ways. But, you know, you add that element and all of a sudden, you know, your pre-scout meetings for other teams are going, okay, watch out for Truba, guys. Like, all of a sudden, that's a topic of conversation in the dressing room, in your team meetings. And it, it's it's nice to have a guy in your lineup. It's nice to have others. And, and I mean, he's... He's having to answer the bell too. He's he's providing a lot of physicality for that team, whether it's fighting after some of these hits or even just the hits themselves, being that massive presence on the back end. So, you know, you mentioned Dumba Borny, same thing. Like you, you've got to be aware when those guys are on. And trust me, they those pregame pre-scout meetings are talking about, you know, individuals and they'll say, you know, watch out for these guys. They'll they they come looking for it every once in a while. So I think presence is is really big, not only in your locker room, but on the ice for for teams and to have that through your lineup. And I think Truba's just brought another massive element to this Rangers team. You know, they got you got Reeves, you got some other guys that are are, can be physical as well. But, you know, having a a guy like Truba who can eat up minutes, play against top end talent uh, and then also provide that it strikes a little bit of fear into some of these teams, a little bit of awareness where they're like, "Uh oh, uh, this guy, you never know what's coming. So uh, I love it. Did you say eating up minutes? Because I saw 
on my Twitter handle, you eating up a lot of things. For my pregame meal, I was a massive plate stacker, though. Like, I like to pound food. I like to pound food. I was a plate stacker. I think I would, you still yeah, are. You're not a plate I would go pretty hard. Uh, you still you go. Stacker? You still go pretty hard, don't you? Yeah, it's a, it's a vice. I, I it's a bad habit. I'm, on a, I'm, try, I'm trying to cut it down. Hold like on, hold on, hold on. I'm on a diet now, so it's it's going pretty good. <laughs> I'm on a diet now. I am on a diet now. While you're stuffing everything in your face. In that commercial. It's game time. You know Let's get that. hungry. Colbs. <laughs> Colbs. You don't need I skip know. the dishes. You need skip the meal. <laughs> Buddy, it's just the power of, like, you know, Instagram. But you got to just, like... You know. We you love gotta it, eat buddy. one chicken wing and one piece of pizza, and they think you pounded the whole saw. But it's you know it's the it's uh, the tricks of Instagram, boys. You oh, know, you are all personality on that thing. The the mere fact that you can <laughs> y- you can look like you're going to the electric chair with your last meal <laughs> speaks volumes of your ability. Now, uh, JB says that you're going to be a, a bigger pitchman than than Shaq. I see it. See you, <laughs> you got all the personality, buddy. Yeah, bigger in size or bigger in personality? Okay. It's game time. Let's get hungry. It's game time with Colby Armstrong. Colbs, thanks for doing yeah, this. they roll those out. They roll those out every week, boys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Great talking to you guys. Thanks. All right. You all too. the thanks, best. Colby. Colby Armstrong, Mr. Personality. Those ads are great, man. What, are what, great. what an actor. They are. I would hammer food up. Have you seen? Have you seen some of the acting and some of the you know some of these hockey players like Colby being able to do that? It's it's not as easy as he makes it look. No. Have you done a commercial? I did. Well, I used to do. You know, uh, in in the nineties, ESPN used to run all these ads, which was great. You know, to promote the game. Mm-hmm. So I did this one, where they had me uh, holding this uh, beautiful like rabbit. But it was beautiful. And I looked in the camera and I said, um, people think hockey players are mean thugs. But look at this little guy. How many of you know that the best way to serve him is, is in a prune cognac sauce? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my line. Uh, Sounds delicious. Not bad, eh? Yeah, I need that. Not bad. That's good. Loved Colby on the hits. Yeah. He nailed it. Like yeah. he, I mean, he was a, he was a guy who, you know, hunted for him here and there. Right. He's got a highlight reel. Yeah. You remember, and here's one, another one, Sam McKee remembers, but he got Hosa really bad right before the Olympics and Hosa couldn't go to the Olympics because of it. Really? Yeah. It was when he was on the Thrashers. I forget where Hosa was playing, but it was so, like, it was a monster bomb door hit right at the blue line and he couldn't go to the Olympics. That's tough. One yeah. night in Winnipeg, um, Brent Ashton, whose son used to play for the Marlies, I think. Uh, yeah, it's familiar. Uh, I remember Brent Ashton. I was a hockey card yeah. collector. I was a fan of him as a player. He he cut in the middle, and I dropped my shoulder, and he spun in the air and landed on his face. And 
shattered his uh, uh, cheekbone. It's not oh. feeling it. So God. I'm I'm uh, I'm barely out of the shower after the game, and our assistant coach comes up to me and says he's in surgery, and my stomach just went, like, just dropped. And by then, I mean Winnipeg was all over me. I had Shane, you know the barbarian Cronin after me, after the game. And I took my lumps and, you know, all of it yeah. still typically followed, right, uh, after that. But it was it was a sickening feeling. To, Having uh, hurt someone. Well, just to, to hear that, that yeah. that's the effect of the hit. Yeah, you talk to Islanders fans, like Clark Gillies, my father-in-law, was in the fight against Ed Hospitar and the Rangers and, you know, really effectively messed the man's face up bad, like caved in orbital, but like it's like a, a punch that, you know, the pool of blood, the whole thing. And he, he won't really talk about it. He doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't like to bring it up. He doesn't, doesn't like sit it. well with him. And like a lot of Islanders fans want to talk about it. Like he knocked out this guy and, you know, and he's just like, it's, it's like, if you do talk to Clark, it's like the last thing you yeah, should bring up. I mean, yeah. And you can, as an Islanders fan, you want to glorify this moment where he yeah. punches out some ranger and he's like, yeah, dude, I did that. And, and I didn't feel good. And, like, yeah. yeah. I, I just remember too, um, Paul Stewart was the official that game. And right away, he had my back because Winnipeg was after me. Their coaching staff was after me. And he just said, no, clean hit. Shoulder, no elbow, Mm -hmm. no charge, no nothing. Clean hit, clean hit, clean hit. The problem now is that we don't want to – nobody wants to put their balls on the line and make a comment right away that that's a clean hit. As a ref. No, as anybody. Well, commentators, those- fans, you know, even the headlines. And, you know, I think you said it, yeah. right? What was the headline from Sportsnet? On the... Uh, on the... On Lomb- the Lomberg hit? McDonald, yeah. On Lomberg, McDonald, yeah. It's right? like uh, Lomberg, whatever, for a questionable hit. You have it there? Yeah. Uh, let me look at uh, Jacob McDonald stretched off after questionable hit. And yeah. it's like... Okay, who, who's saying it's questionable? Who's, who's, who's the guy typing this? Because all you're doing... Is feeding it, and I don't know, like what you, you know, who's who's the person here at Sportsnet, but find another job. <laughs> you, you suck at this. You do, Jeez. and all you're doing is just piling on everybody to start saying it's a questionable hit. Yeah. Just ask somebody that probably would have a better idea if the if the hit was questionable or not, and then and then react to it. But don't don't start everything with like you know. Oh yeah, the league's gonna like you just feed the beast. Like somebody just step up and say, "No, that was a clean hit." I wrote an article for sports uh, for the score years ago called "You're Still Allowed to Hit Hard in Hockey." That was the title, and it was just like a reaction to the amount of you know how the internet reacts to to large hits. It's like much like football, hockey is a contact sport, and clean hits, you know, shoulder hits are allowed, and that there's no limit on the force of those hits. You know, where you go, oh, it was too hard to hit. Like, you can... All those hits have been clean. All three of those hits that have had unfortunate results for the guys who've been hit were clean hits. And so there's a debate about should they be. That's yeah, all. If like, you want to have that conversation. Well, yeah, now but, tr- but now you want to change the game, though. You well, want to sure. change the rules. Have, sure. have a, a rule-changing conversation and then. That, that's what it is. Yeah. It's okay. not a, but you're right. It shouldn't be about yeah. those hits, which are, as currently legislated, clean hits. Okay. And for the record... I don't want anybody here fired no, at Sportsnet. I know. I know. I just want them maybe in another department. <laughs> Re- right? Reassigned. Reassigned. Okay. Is that okay? I'm fine by me. Sammy, uh, you okay uh, with that? <laughs> I, 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 I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sending him or her to the mailroom, for God's sakes. 
It's okay, Kipper. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Calm down. Deep breath. We'll take a break. We'll bring in Eddie O. Eddie Olchuk, longtime NHLer and now broadcaster with TNT. We'll get his thoughts on the big hits after the break. Real Kipper and Born.